It's now time for the Billy C Show, part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening, I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located on beautiful St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Check out his website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com or give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's for an authentic Italian meal. Well, I go to St. Simon's to go to Sal's, of course. Check out the website. You'll start drooling and... Uh, You'll make a reservation, salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by our 24-hour, seven-day-a-week boxing channel, Billy C. Boxing. You can check it out on all the major streaming devices. Just visit ginecousa.com and sign up uh, for your free uh, access to the Billy C. Boxing channel. It's pretty cool. Uh, Not only do we replay these shows, uh, but all of the special events we've done over the past 16 years, that's what, we're in our 16th year. Man, does time fly. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Title Bout Championship computer game. Uh, check it out if you like simulation games. Uh, check this one out. Visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the Title Bout banner. You know what's uh, great about this particular game? You could put guys like Deontay Wilder, uh, nah, I, I don't want to make excuses, but, uh, you know, my sneakers weigh a little too much. So I, you know, I forget it. Uh, you could put a guy like Tyson Fury uh, up against Mike Tyson, yeah, you know, and see how uh, the computer feels that fight would have come out. Uh, download a copy today. Today's show is also being brought to us uh, in part by Southern Gourmet Spice. Kenny Bears, man, it's... Uh, it's the best barbecue rub I ever had. And uh, no, wait, because there's more. Because Candy Bears uh, came out, or I should say Southern Gourmet Spice, uh, came out with uh, two new spices. Uh, they're all-purpose salt and seasoned salt. And they're Cajun blackened uh, spices, which I absolutely love. I hate to say, Kenny, but the Cajun is my new bestest buddy. I put it on everything. And uh, I love it. Get yourself a couple of bottles of each today. Visit GourmetSpice.com. Tell them Billy C. sent you and demand the Billy C. discount. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by, you guessed it, my book, Tom Molino from Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet is available right now where all good books are sold. You can get a copy of this book right now while you're watching this very show or listening if you're tuned into the radio dial. Just visit BarnesandNoble.com or Amazon.com. Looking to get a signed copy? Personalized even? Just visit our website. Or better yet, if you want a special deal, just drop me an email, Billy at Talking Boxing. T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. All right, man. Let's get into it. We've got a bunch of stuff to talk about. I, I got a lot of emails to read today. 
so I'm going to get to those a little bit later. Uh, last night, we had uh, an interesting fight, uh, Jesse Vargas uh, fighting uh, Mikey Garcia. Um, you know, it was an entertaining fight. I, I, I liked it. Um, at the end of the night, uh, Mikey Garcia uh, improved to 40 wins, one loss. His only loss coming to the hands of Errol Spence Jr. Uh, with uh, 30 of his wins coming by knockout. Jesse Vargas uh, drops the third fight of his career. He's now 29-3-2 with 11 knockouts. Uh, Mikey Garcia, multi-division world champion. Jesse Vargas, two-time world welterweight champion and has fought some tough guys. I've had the luxury of seeing Jesse Vargas live a couple of times. Uh, an exciting fighter, and last night was no different. Um, you know, I I'm watching this fight, and I was saying to myself, you know, in the early rounds, because, you know, I scored the first four rounds uh, for Jesse Vargas. I know, um, uh, what is it, Mannix, Chris Mannix uh, gave one of the early rounds to uh, uh, to uh, uh, Garcia, but I didn't. Uh, I thought that Jesse Vargas was landing the harder punches, uh, and um, I thought that, I, I really thought that Mikey Garcia bit off more than he could handle. The size difference to me seemed... Uh, like it was going to be too much. Uh, but lo and behold, in the fifth round, uh, Mikey Garcia drops Jesse Vargas. And I got news for you, he never recovered from that uh, knockdown. He just wasn't the same. And uh, at the end of the night, I scored um, rounds 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12, all for Mikey Garcia. Uh, I ended up with the score of 116-111, including the 10-8 round. The way the judges saw it, well, two of them saw it the same exact way as I did, 116-111. And um, the third judge had it 114-113, all in favor uh, of Mikey Garcia. Um, did he prove that he belongs in the welterweight division? Um, I don't know. But uh, a win over Jesse Vargas certainly uh, puts him in the discussion uh, for a big money fight. My hang-up with this fight, uh, really, I, I, I had none except for one, and that is the WBC putting the, quote, vacant diamond WBC world welterweight title on the line. Um, you know, I, I was talking to Brooklyn Mike. I don't know if you know, we're in our 16th year, and uh, I, hopefully you guys remember who Brooklyn Mike is. Uh, I wish uh, he would still be able to be part of the show, but, you know, he's, uh, he's in the movie TV business. You know, I mean, you know how those guys are. Um, and uh, a little too busy for little old us, you know. But uh, the truth of the matter is, as I was talking to him yesterday, and I was saying, we were talking about the Wilder and Tyson Fury fight, and I was telling him, you know, I, I, and I said it last week, you know, that fight, to me, similar to, you know, top-notch fighters uh, of recent times like Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao, you know, they, they, they outgrow the need for a title, uh, realistically, they do. Once they get above, you know, oh, like a promoter or, or t uh, TV or, or a streaming network that feels that they got to have a, a title on the line in order to promote a fight, once they become uh, big enough or have a big enough fan base, uh, they outgrow the title. And, 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 and it's sort of like, to me, an analogy, and, and for everybody that, that has kids or, or uh, you know, had kids that were growing up, in, uh, especially in the last uh, 25 years or so, you know, the, uh, 
the little league scene, you know, the the the, the beginning of what is ruining this country, the 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 infamous participation trophy, you know, where oh we don't keep score. We're just playing for fun. Yeah, well, ask any kid on the field what the score is, and they'll tell you. And the truth of the matter is, is when you get to a certain level, you don't need no stinking title. You know, and, and Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua, they're at that point. And, you know, why did this fight need a title? And, by the way, how can you even let a guy like uh, uh, Mikey Garcia, no disrespect to Mikey Garcia, he's one of my favorite fighters, he's a pound-for-pound fighter, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But he's coming off a loss, man. You know, I, I mean, he's coming off a loss. Granted, he's coming off a loss against Errol Spence Jr., but he's coming off a loss. I mean, there is no sanctioning body that lets a fighter fight for their world title uh, coming off a loss. They, they require him to at least beat up a sacrificial lamb. But, you know, I, I understand that this, this belt is, is a creation of, of the WBC. But I, it's just, you know, when, when, when uh, the announcer said uh, they're battling for the vacant diamond WBC World Welterweight title, I was like, man, are you kidding me, man? You know, I mean, did they really need to have a belt for this fight? Ah, anyway. Uh, don't get me started on that. We're going to talk more about uh, Tyson Fury and, and Deontay Wilder and sprinkle in uh, Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz Jr. and even Joseph Parker, who also fought uh, last night. But uh, uh, in the co-main event, Chocolatito, Roman Gonzalez returned to the ring uh, for a world title shot, and uh, he fought uh, uh, the WBA Super Flyweight champ. Superfly. The super flyweight champion, uh, Khalid Yafi. And uh, 29 seconds into the ninth round, uh, Chocolatito uh, won by stoppage. What an ex excellent fight. I mean, you talk about Chocolatito, and, you know, he was pound for pound and, until he uh, ran into Rung Savoris Vustavashti and uh, lost those two fights. Um, but uh, did seem to have uh, what uh, he had prior to those two losses. Uh, looked pretty good. I, I still think he, he, he seemingly, you know, he just, he's a modest guy. Um, uh, I don't know how far he wants to push it. You know, uh, uh, you know I, hopefully he doesn't need the money, but he looked uh, superb last night. He's now the new uh, WBA uh, Super Flyweight Champion. Uh, and in the other uh, fight that was uh, pretty much one of the main, Julio Cesar Martinez. I mean, who doesn't love this guy? Well, I know Brian Kenny does. Brian Kenny's putting him at the pound-for-pound pound list already, but uh, my man, Brian Kenny. I, I'm not going to knock his fellow Levittownian, uh, but uh, Julio Cesar Martinez, what an exciting fighter. Um, you know, I, I couldn't figure out if he actually was employing a game plan in this fight uh, against... Uh, um, his opponent Jay Harris, who, by the way, I had—I got to be honest—I never heard of Jay Harris, but I loved the kid, and it was a tough, tough fight. It, it, who can say anything negative about uh, Jay Harris of Britain? I, I mean, I want to see more of this kid. I want to see more of him. Um, you know, I, I really do. I, I this this guy is is something. You know, I, I also think Martinez is a special kind of fighter. Um, 
he's only 25 years old and the you know four fights that i've seen i've seen of his um this one was the only one that julio cesar martinez seemed to uh, employ a game plan other than seek and destroy and throw oodles of punches uh, I do think he was taking a couple of hard shots from Jay Harris, and Harris definitely earned his respect, and uh, he realized that uh, uh, he could win this fight by going the distance. But, man, uh, a couple of good fighters to watch. And as a matter of fact, I think that this fight's an early fight-of-the-year candidate. Uh, you don't necessarily have to see uh, you know, people get knocked out to have it. Uh, this was a, a, a huge uh, action-packed fight. And, you know, for the most part, you could make the argument that it was close uh, and the judges could have scored rounds for Jay Harris. I just thought that at the end of each round, Martinez edged out a lot of those close rounds. The way the judges scored at 118-109, 116-111, and 115-112. You know, 116-111 was the way I scored the fight. Uh, Jay Harris, uh, according... Uh, to uh, uh, the the uh, broadcasters on the zone uh, felt that it should have been a draw at least I'm not so sure about that uh, but uh, but the, it, the rounds were close I just thought that Martinez won the rounds uh, he improves to 16 and one with 12 of his knockouts he also has a no contest the, the first time he actually won a belt uh, and then it was deemed a no contest because he hit his opponent while he was down another great fight by him and uh, Jay Harris loses uh, for the first time in his career. Uh, he drops to 17-1 with nine knockouts. How he only has nine knockouts, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to do a little more research on Jay Harris. Uh, loved the kid. Loved, loved, loved these both of these guys. Loved both of them. And uh, can't wait to see both of them fight again. Hopefully, we'll, we'll here in the States, we'll get to see uh, Jay Harris again, hopefully. Uh, also, one other fight on that card that I do want to mention is Joseph Parker, uh, former WBO heavyweight champion. Uh, he uh, stopped his uh, sacrificial lamb opponent uh, in Shondell Winters uh, in the fifth round. Um, 254 and a half pounds is what Joseph Parker weighed. Uh, Shondell Wind, Wind, uh, excuse me, Winters came in under 210. He was 208 uh, and uh, did land some shots on uh, Joseph Parker. Was getting back into the fight at the time of the stoppage. Um, no disrespect for Joseph Parker. I'm going to talk about the heavyweight division here in a sec, but no disrespect to Joseph Parker. But, um, you know, I, I just don't see him uh, in, the, in the top end of the heavyweight division. I, you know, I, I really don't. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I, I mean, all right, look, uh, after the big fight last week, um, you know, the computerized rankings – which I lost all faith when the all-time pound-for-pound list has Floyd Mayweather number one. I, you know, I I I lost faith in in the way the computer uh, generates that. I mean, uh, no disrespect to Floyd, but he is not better. Uh, he is not the town pound for uh, top pound-for-pound fighter of all time. There is no uh, effing way. I mean, give me a break, please, please. I mean, the computers must be. Uh, uh, suede as well. I mean, Sugar Ray Robinson, uh, you know, Henry Armstrong, uh, you know, uh, uh, there's plenty of other fighters you, you could put uh, in that mix. But uh, anyway, the way it un unfolds now, 
I'm not so sure I agree with. Now, everybody knows I'm an Anthony Joshua fan, but he's still at number one. Um, you know, I, I, I honestly believe that Tyson Fury should be number one. Tyson Fury uh, moved up from number four to number two. Deontay Wilder, who was number two, dropped to number five. Usyk, who's only fought one, uno, fight at heavyweight, he's solid at number three, and that irks the hell out of me, and that's another discussion I had with Brooklyn Mike. Um, yeah, the guy's got boxing skill. He fought one heavyweight fight. I, to, to catapult him up that high, I, I'm sorry. I can't do it. I can't do it. You know, until he fights a legitimate heavyweight and wins, uh, I, I just can't put him that high. I'm sorry. I can't. All right? But he is. Um, Andy Ruiz went from number five to number four. Andy Ruiz, the reason Anthony Joshua is number one for beating Andy Ruiz. No disrespect to Andy Ruiz, but prior to that, uh, you know, um, upset of, of stopping Anthony Joshua, the biggest name on his resume was Joseph Parker. Joseph Parker's down at number 13, at least prior to last night. Down at number 13. Guys like Pulev and Povetkin and Dillian White and Luis Ortiz and even Derek Chisora are all ahead of him. You know, so uh, I, I, I just, I, I don't understand uh, how that unfolds. I, I just, I just don't, you know, but uh, uh, in any event, that's, it is, it is what it is. So, uh, uh, and speaking of uh, Deontay Wilder and uh, Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua, well, there's already lines out in Vegas. Um, you know, there's a uh, odds of whether a Fury Wilder three will happen. Um, and if it does, Tyson Fury is already the favorite, minus 220, uh, Wilder's 180. Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua is a line already on that. Fury's a, a favorite at minus 150. And, uh, uh, you know, Tyson Fury, to even fight Anthony Joshua this year in 2020, uh, the, it's, it's, it's favored to take place, plus 200. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, it's a uh, favored not to take place at minus uh, 260. Uh, so if you think it's going to take place, go to Vegas and uh, throw some bucks on it because uh, you'll win two to one on that. Uh, Eddie Hearn, well, he called for the uh, unification fight between Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. Um, unfortunately, uh, it also was announced that Anthony Joshua will be uh, fighting his uh, mandatory uh, defense, which is uh, Pulev, in June. So that kind of uh, makes it uh, uh, a little difficult. I, I can't see um, Anthony Joshua, you know, assuming he gets by Pulev a couple months later. I mean, I can't see Tyson Fury uh, hanging out out of the ring from now until, let's say, December or November uh, to fight the unification fight with Anthony Joshua. And then, oh, by the way, uh, you know, Usyk is the mandatory, um, but, uh, you know, the, the only good news here is that Eddie Hearn promotes, uh, uh, you know, Usyk and Anthony Joshua could, uh, uh, you know. But, but my, my, my thoughts here, who needs no stinking title? If I'm Anthony Joshua and Eddie Hearn, I say forget about Pula, forget about it. I know Anthony Joshua can make his $20 million fighting Pulev. I got it. But forget about it. They can make $100 million, maybe 150 each by fighting uh, Tyson Fury in England. I mean, that's the fight. 
that's the money fight. The winner of that fight, regardless of who's got what belt, is going to be regarded as the world heavyweight champion. Every boxing fan out there is going to regard them as the heavyweight champion of the world. There is no question about that in my mind. You know, so why make it wait? You know, this is the problem with the sport of boxing. You know, and, and again, I, I had a lengthy conversation with Brooklyn Mike yesterday, and, and uh, we covered a lot of these topics. And, you know, he says to me, you know, I, I, with the fights of yesteryear in the 70s and early 80s, he said, you know, I, the promoters, you know, would they have made the fights? And I'm like, of course they did. No one hated each other more than uh, Bob Araman and, and Don King. But when a big fight was to be made, the two of them broke bread together and made the fight happen. You know, nowadays, it's finally coming around. But Bob Arum's 190 years old. Uh, Don King is not in the mix anymore. So you got Golden Boy, who's hanging on uh, to Canelo Alvarez by a thread. You got the Zone, which is a major player, and rightfully so. They, they've taken over the sport of boxing in terms of broadcasting. And um, you got the PBC. Uh, the PBC is ruining the sport. Their fighters are the frauds. Their fighters are the ones that don't cross over. And don't tell me Andy Ruiz did because they just signed Andy Ruiz prior to the Anthony Joshua fight. And that fight, uh, I'll, I would bet any, my, I would bet my last nickel that the PBC powers that be felt 100% sure that it was a payday and that they would feed uh, Andy Ruiz to Anthony Joshua. I don't think any of them really believed that Andy Ruiz Jr. had a shot at that fight. And the reason I know this for a fact is look at the rematch. The rematch was non-negotiable. That means that Eddie Hearn had all the power in that rematch. He had to throw Andy Ruiz, uh, what was it, one, an extra uh, $1.5 million or whatever just to, just to fight in, in, uh, uh, in the Mideast. You know? So, I mean, you know, come on. And this is the fight that we want to see. I don't think anybody gives a rat's ass about uh, Pulev against Anthony Joshua. I don't think that it's even necessary, although uh, Deontay Wilder has said that he's going to exercise his, his rematch clause. Who cares? Who cares about that? Who cares about the guy who made a gazillion excuses? You know, who cares about a third fight? I mean, there's not many people out there that really believe that, you know, Deontay Wilder actually won the first fight, oh, except for Goosen. <laughs> Goosen's the only one uh, that I know of. But everybody else that watched the fight that knows the left hook from a fish hook knew damn well that Tyson Fury won that fight. I mean, knew damn well that Tyson Fury put on a clinic in the first fight. You know, then he comes back and destroys a good old-fashioned behind-the-woodshed ass-beaten on Deontay Wilder, and then, I don't want to make excuses, but, you know, I, I, they shouldn't have stopped the fight. I'm firing Breland. Oh, nope, I'm not firing Breland. I'm a warrior. Warriors don't quit. Blah, 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 Oh, and by the way, my my uniform, my, my coming out to the ring uniform, it weighed 40 pounds, and it weighed, my legs were shot by the time I got to the ring. Are you kidding me? Does anybody believe that? Does anybody believe? A show of hands. Anybody. Anybody, even you in the back. Oh, you were just standing up. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. But, I mean, does anybody really believe that? Uh, the truth of the matter is, is the videos leaked. There was plenty of video that leaked that was, he was bragging about training with, with body armor 
that weighed between 40 and 50 pounds so he wouldn't tire out with his leg. So the training, all the rounds he did with those extra weights between 40 and 50 pounds, that didn't burn out his legs, but the walk, the walk from, from his dressing room to the ring did. You know, the batteries that lit up his glowing eyes, that, that hurt him. I mean, listen, you know, you could say what you want about Anthony Joshua. You could say what you want about who would win a fight between Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua. But the fact remains, the bottom line is simple. In the loss, when Anthony Joshua lost the fight to Andy Ruiz and they stuck the microphone in his face, the words that came out of his mouth were, Andy Ruiz was the better fighter tonight. And that, my friends, shows class. Something that Deontay Wilder doesn't even know how to spell, okay? Doesn't even know how to spell. And, you know, uh, it is what it is. I mean, please, you know, I, I just, it, it makes me sick. Hey, I, I want to thank my man, Joel. He gave us a, uh, a super chat, and he wanted to know what I thought of Parker's performance. You know, I, I thought it was okay. I thought his opponent was, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I thought his opponent was a sacrificial lamb. I mentioned earlier, I don't know if you heard it, Joel, but, um, you know, Joseph Parker was, uh, uh, you know, outweighed his opponent almost by 50 pounds. Uh, didn't really look it in the ring, but I, I'm just, I'm not sold on Joseph Parker. I mean, I, he is a top heavyweight, not top five. Listen, the next fight, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, the next two fights in the heavyweight division should be Anthony Joshua against Tyson Fury, even though we know that he's fighting Pulov in June. And I think that Andy Ruiz should get a shot at Deontay Wilder. The winner of those two fights could fight, and I don't think you could make any kind of argument against that they would be considered the top heavyweight. As a matter of fact, I don't think many people could make the argument against the winner of Tyson Fury against Anthony Joshua as the heavyweight champion of the world, whether they have belts, whether they have all the belts or not. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They're the two best. It's time to... to you know, cut the the clutches that the sanctioning bodies have on the sport of boxing. Guys like Floyd Mayweather and guys like Manny Pacquiao, they were able to do it. And and the, the sanctioning bodies ran after them to give them belts. Look at Canelo Alvarez right now. He's another one. They're letting him keep two world title belts. They're not supposed to. Right now, he's currently the super middleweight champion and a middleweight champion. All right, right now, he's holding two belts simultaneously. Every single sanctioning body says you can't do that, uh, but it's Canelo. Floyd Mayweather did it too. He had the, the junior uh, middleweight and welterweight title at the same time. Every sanctioning body said you can't do that. Uh, Floyd can. And the reason these two guys are allowed to do that, simple, because they don't need the sanctioning bodies. The sanctioning bodies need them. The sanctioning bodies needed Floyd. The sanctioning bodies needed Canelo. They needed uh, Manny Pacquiao. It's the same thing. If they were smart, they need Tyson Fury uh, as a champ. They need Anthony jo Joshua as the other champ. You know, face it. The th there was a contract that said that there were two fights after the draw. All right? 
Deontay Wilder had the the uh, choice whether he wanted to exercise the rematch or not. Tyson Fury said he would honor the rematch, gave uh, Wilder uh, all the, the props. But the truth of the matter is there's nothing left for him to prove. He beat him twice already, all right? And God forbid Wilder catches him and knocks him out. What, are we going to see a fourth fight? You know, the truth of the matter is, is what's the worst thing that can happen to Tyson Fury if he doesn't fight Wilder? What's the worst thing? You know what it is? Does he get slapped on the wrist? Does he lose some money maybe? You know, I mean, he could make $100 million minimum fighting Anthony Joshua. Could he lose some money by not fighting Deontay? Maybe. But you know what the worst thing is? The WBC, the WBC strips him of the belt that he don't need. I guarantee you that Suleiman thinks twice about stripping Tyson Fury of the WBC to favor Deontay Wilder. I think he thinks twice. I think Mauricio Suleiman is smarter than that, okay? You know, I think he's smarter than that to put all his eggs in a basket with Deontay Wilder, who has more excuses than uh, the definitions and uh, and uh, cinnamons of, you know, not cinnamon you put on French toast, but you know what I mean, uh, of the word excuse. I mean, give me a break. What a classless person to make all these excuses. Nobody in their right mind that watched that fight, uh, and I've, I've seen it all on social media. You know, I, I, I said it all for years, two years at least, that all of the Deontay Wilder fanboys were going to abandon him like a sinking ship as soon as he was exposed. And he was exposed. I hate to, you know, I even myself, I hate to use that word, uh, but it's true. You know, the best names on his resume, Luis Ortiz uh, is the best name on his resume. I, I mean, how good is Ortiz? He's 100 years old, all right? And he rocked. I mean, Wilder did everything he had to do to win those two fights. You know, that's how we put Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder's lack of quality and his lack of boxing ability were on full display against Tyson Fury. Brooklyn Mike and I were talking about the matchup between, uh, the potential matchup between Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury yesterday. He says, what do you think? I said, I don't know, man. I, I love Tyson Fury, which anybody listening to the show for any length of time knows that I've been a, uh, a Tyson Fury fan since, I, I, I'm pretty sure since his second pro fight, I've seen every fight and I've been a fan, okay? Do I think Deontay Wilder could beat Anthony Joshua? Um, I do think that if Anthony uh, Joshua got caught with a bomb, with a bomb, from from Deontay Wilder, it would be over. But the boxing skill set is so drastically favoring Anthony Joshua that I would put my money on AJ against Deontay. Now, when I put the same fight, uh, the, the next two opponents together, and I put AJ in there with Tyson Fury, Brooklyn Mike was shocked to hear me say that I thought that Anthony Joshua would beat Tyson Fury. Now, here's the reason why. Tyson Fury is a master boxer. There's no question about it. He proves that every time he goes out. Um, and he had a great game plan for Deontay Wilder. And Deontay Wilder doesn't know anything about boxing except to knock uh, people out with his, with his power right hand. And once he lost that, it was pathetic to watch Deontay still go into that one bag of trick that he had. Um, and Tyson Fury made it look easy. 
although Tyson Fury is a master boxer, so is Anthony Joshua. Um, the question will be, could Tyson Fury knock out Anthony Joshua? Could he get in there and do the damage that, um, that he did on Deontay Wilder on Anthony Joshua? And I think the answer is no. Um, Anthony Joshua is bigger. He's faster. Um, he's, he's more fluent. I, I just think that, and, and he's, the, the knock on Anthony Joshua, in my opinion, obviously his suspect chin, but his defense is not that great. Uh, Tyson Fury, great defense. I just think that if Tyson Fury tries to outbox Anthony Joshua, it's going to be a lot more difficult than it was to outbox Deontay Wilder. That's all I'm saying. I'd put my money on Anthony Joshua. I think Anthony Joshua, uh, because of his boxing skill, would end up landing a couple of hard shots that would knock Tyson Fury out. I think Anthony Joshua beats Tyson Fury by knockout. I don't think he beats him by a decision. I think we would see a draw if it went to the scorecards. But that's just my opinion. I want to see Anthony Joshua fight again. And considering uh, Andy Ruiz Jr. Uh, fighting... Um, uh, Deontay Wilder, uh, Deontay Wilder's number's up. And what I mean by that is that every fighter that fights him now is going to come right at him. The thing about Deontay Wilder is if you give him the distance, he's going to knock you out. But if you're up in his face, he doesn't have the skill to, to get in position to, to hurt you. He just doesn't. And a guy like Andy Ruiz, the one thing I'll say about Andy Ruiz and the reason why he beat Anthony Joshua, was two reasons. One, Anthony Joshua took the fight lightly, and I could see why, which no fight, no fighter should ever take any other fighter lightly. But the truth of the matter is, is that Andy Ruiz is in your face throwing a lot of punches. And when, when Deontay Wilder's on his back foot, we, we've seen it many times, not just against Tyson Fury, but against uh, Luis Ortiz, uh, even against Artur Spitzka before he destroyed him. Um, I, the truth of the matter is, when he's on his back foot, when you're punching him in the face, he's backpedaling. He don't know what to do because he has no boxing skill. You know, so Andy Ruiz, I think, beats Deontay Wilder. And I think that by beating Deontay Wilder, he deserves another fight against whoever wins between Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. Unfortunately, the powers that be let the sanctioning bodies dictate a fight, a lead-up fight, uh, prior to the Tyson Fury-Anthony uh, Joshua showdown, which could conceivably create another fight for Tyson Fury. But then again, Tyson Fury is at that point where he has said time and time again, that he does not need to do anything anymore. And I kind of agree with him. He doesn't need to prove anything anymore. You know, Tyson Fury has done something. He's got enough money. He's He proved to everyone he could do it. He could walk away right now, and nothing would ever be blemished. He would have to be in the conversation as an all-time great heavyweight, even though his biggest two wins, his biggest two wins, I mean, let's, let's call a spade a spade. Tyson Fury's biggest two wins, Deontay Wilder, who we all agree isn't that great of a fighter. He's a one-trick pony. And Klitschko, that's it. Those are his greatest two victories. But they're great enough to have him in the conversation. Klitschko dominated the heavyweight division for a decade. You know, um, 
and Deontay Wilder was making noise in the heavyweight division. And Tyson Fury beat them both. And, oh, by the way, sprinkle in uh, some mental issues, some drug issues, some overweight issues, all those things he overcame. So he's in the discussion whether he continues or not. And, you know, knowing a guy like, like Tyson Fury, he's been on this show several times. You know, he's got all the money he needs. Uh, he likes being the center of attention. He could be the center of his attention for the rest of his life. Um, you know, and people will always remember. He could go out destroying Deontay Wilder, and that is what it would be, in, you know, etched in every boxing fan's mind, mind, <laughs> not mind, <laughs> uh, in their minds forever. So keep that in mind. <laughs> you know, the truth of the matter is, is, you know, what does he have to gain or lose? At least with Anthony Joshua, he has... Uh, I mean, in England, he would become like a god, okay? Uh, and he's got at least $100 million uh, U.S. to, uh, to also uh, consider by fighting uh, uh, Anthony uh, Joshua uh, in England. You know, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is he's certainly not going to uh, get all of that uh, by fighting Deontay Wilder. Uh, uh, you know, in in their fight, that's that's for sure in a in a rematch. And uh, you know, the other thing is, is uh, my man Brooklyn Mike was telling me that uh, he heard, and I haven't heard this, but he said that he heard that um, the uh, uh, the numbers weren't that great. Uh, that the um, uh, uh, buys, pay per view buys, uh, for that fight. Uh, weren't that great um so uh, you know it, it's going to be interesting to see what they came out he said that they were talking about um not being uh, a million buys uh which i don't understand i, I would have thought for sure that they would have been uh, uh at least a, a a million buys he told me he heard somewhere between 750 uh and 800,000, which uh which surprises me a, a bit to be honest with you uh, but uh, in any event, hey, I, I keep talking about uh, southerngourmetspice.com and uh, their stuff. Well, I, you know, you got to check out the two new uh, seasonings they have, the all-purpose seasoning, uh, which is uh, great. Uh, and my new favorite, their blackened uh, Cajun seasoning. Uh, when you package that together with the original Kenny Bear's barbecue rub, uh, there is no other spice better than that visit southerngourmetspice.com and uh get yourself uh, a few bottles of that uh today uh because uh my man kenny uh works real hard at that make sure you tell him billy c sent you uh and uh demand the billy c discount southerngourmetspice.com and uh tell him billy c sent you joining us right now to give us his thoughts on uh garcia vargas and more uh, is my main man, uh, Dax Khan. Good morning, Dax. Billy C., we had a few little difficulties there for a second. Yeah, well, uh, hey, that happens. Technology hurts it, sometimes, you know. Yeah, today's March 1st. Can you believe it? I'm serious, man. My gosh. In in 30 days, the first quarter. Okay, you want, now that you you got the depression going, you want, in, in 30 days, the first quarter of the year will be over. So. Really? Yeah, right? I mean, how scary is that? I mean, I'm telling you, the earth is spinning quicker. But uh, last night, 
Uh, it was a good card, man. DAZN is clearly, and I know you've been a, a fan of DAZN for since they came out, but they've clearly separated themselves. Another great card. Uh, first and foremost, uh, uh, Jesse Vargas and Mikey Garcia. Um, I, in the beginning of that fight, Dax, I, I, I thought Mikey Garcia bit off more he could more, more than he could chew. Jesse Vargas on my scorecard won the first four rounds. What was your thoughts? Hey, I mean, uh, Garcia didn't start well. Like you said before, I was starting to wonder maybe uh, size is going to be an issue. Um, you know, Vargas was controlling the distance with his jab. But, you know, that um, in the fifth round when Garcia landed that right to the side of the head that dropped Vargas, uh, that, that changed things a little bit. Uh, it actually looked like Garcia was going to get the stoppage there. I, I know. I mean, uh, I was saying the same thing. I'm going, well, maybe maybe this 147 dream is a little too much, you know. And uh, um, Vargas looked sharp until the fifth round knockdown. He wasn't the same after that. No, absolutely not. And um, I still believe that 147 is too much for Mikey Garcia. Uh, and that's no insult to Mikey. And, of course, it's no insult to Jesse Vargas. But, um Sergio Mora last night, you know, he, he a few times he said uh, some really smart things to kind of balance out the nonsense that Brian Kenny was saying. But, uh, yeah, Mikey Garcia is definitely going to have to be selective. Uh, maybe a Danny Garcia who's uh, more close to um, Mikey Garcia's size. And Danny Garcia is a top fighter, but, um, you know, uh, that would be a battle of boxing. Or maybe a Jordanis Ugas. But um, I really don't see... Mikey Garcia going out there and beating like a Sean Porter. I know he wants the Pacquiao fight. That would be a great fight, especially at the stage of uh, Manny's career. But, um, you know, the idea of, um, you know, you got to give him credit for the balls. But, I mean, you know, calling out Errol Spence again. And Brian Kenny asking last night, Sergio, where did Mikey Garcia go wrong in the Errol Spence fight? And all I'm thinking to myself is sign the contract. Yeah, right, right. I mean, I, you know, listen, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I know we're off topic here for a minute, but I, and I know you're going to disagree with me, so I, I'm ready for that. But Errol Spence Jr., I, I, I don't know if he beats Terrence Crawford. I, I really don't, Dax. And I, I know you think very highly of him, but think about it. His two biggest wins was Mikey Garcia, who I agree with you, really shouldn't be in the 147 pound, and Kel Brook. I mean, aside from that, you know, I, I, I don't think that, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I honestly believe that Terrence Crawford, and, and I think they're waiting Terrence Crawford out because he's a little older, you know, and uh, that's the fight. If, if Errol Spence, after he gets healthy again, uh, if he doesn't fight a Terrence Crawford, and all these guys calling out Manny Pacquiao, there's only one fight for Manny Pacquiao, and that's the, a second fight with Floyd because it's even. Other than that, Manny Pacquiao proved everything he needed to prove by beating Keith Thurman. Well, Manny Pacquiao proved everything he needed to prove before then. You know, there's nothing for Manny Pacquiao to prove. Um, you know, you take every guy, and it may sound... You know, some people may sound like extreme, but if you know, if you've been following Manny Pacquiao's whole career, and you take all these guys in the uh, welterweight division right now, and you add all of their, and that includes Errol Spence, and that includes um, Terence Crawford, you put all their credentials together, and they still haven't accomplished what Manny Pacquiao did in his career. So, you know, Manny Pacquiao is just uh, right now that would be a feather in the cap, strictly because of the win over Keith Thurman. It's still a viable Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, I mean, he's a money guy. That's why everybody wants to fight him, and they're hoping that they can uh, catch up with him. But back to back to the card from last night, um, Chocolate Tito. I, I know you like Chocolate Tito a lot, and so do I. 
And what a performance last night. It was uh, – talk about – hey, Dax, talk about workmanlike. I mean, did he, the guy never even smiled until the end. You know, I mean, uh, uh, what was your thoughts? You know, he looked great last night. Make make no mistake. And um, Khalid Jaffe is, you know, is a good fighter. And he's not just, he wasn't just a bell holder. He was a champion with defenses behind him. And, you know, there's not just one defense either. So that definitely makes a difference on what type of uh, guy that, you know, with so many belt holders out there, there's a difference between a belt holder and an established champion, which uh, Yafi was. And not to mention, you know, uh, an Olympi- um, Olympic medalist. But, you know, since 2018, Roman Gonzalez... I think he's only fought about six rounds. He had a fifth-round stoppage over uh, faded uh, Moises Fuentes and a second-round stoppage over uh, Domiel Dicos, Diosos, but, um, and um, who uh, had lost to an 8-2 and two opponent or a 3-1 opponent or something like that before he faced Roman. Uh, yeah, Roman looked great last night, but Roman, he has 49 fights. He's been in a lot of wars, and he was taking some shots. And uh, Yafai isn't a big puncher, but Roman Gonzalez was taking shots. And that's not good considering that's a pretty stacked division. You know, there's guys out in that division that are, um, you know, at their best. And, you know, they're um, they're going to be a lot more of a, a challenge, more of a struggle. Remember, Roman Gonzalez, that was the big talk about when he lost to Rung Visai. Well, maybe, you know, he's been pushing it too far, 115 pounds. He just doesn't have the power that he had in the lower weights, which is right, which, you know, I agree with absolutely, but the other champions and the other top names in this division do have that 115-pound power. I'd like to see him face a guy like an Andrew Maloney or something like that, a guy who can box, a guy who has a chin, a guy who has 115-pound power, but Roman Gonzalez can actually outbox him if he decides to, but you know, before he would um, go and try and uh, unify those titles against maybe you know a Kazuto Ioka or Yerwin uh, 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 Ancanas. I always mess up that guy's last name, and especially before he would seek a third match, uh, third match with Visai or a second match with uh, Juan Francisco Estrada, who right now is definitely at the best of his career, one of the top ten uh, pound. Uh, consensus pound for pound period so I'm not sure what Roman Gonzalez really has left maybe last night you know was one of those fights where he kind of turned back the clock but I'm not going to get excited uh, like a lot of these people especially the um, the zone network was out there talking about Roman Chocolate 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 Tito is back you know he's in his prime he's back on a pound for pound no he, he's not he had a good performance let's see what happens next you know I found it extremely strange that Yafi fought the fight that Chocolate Tito needed him to. Um, even his corner kept, you know, complaining. Even when Claudia was in the corner asking him, and, and they were saying, he's, 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 he's fighting his own game plan. This isn't the game plan we put together. And, you know, even when he was getting caught, it, it's almost like, and I agree with you, he's not known for a power puncher. He's known as a boxer. And and for some reason, I I think the just, just the whole... Uh, uh, persona around uh, Gonzalez made him want to beat him at his own game and and it was it was why he lost I mean he was he was fighting the fight that Roman Gonzalez wanted him to I mean I I was shocked that he didn't I I thought maybe he was going to try to wear him down a little and then then get up on his bicycle and uh, he just never did and you know when when he was put down he was hurt when he was knocked. I, I mean, he wasn't getting up after that uh, second knockdown either. And he's lucky the bell sounded. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, I I think this is the kind of performance that world champions that lose their belt, 
They dream that they can get one more like this and then call it a day and at the top of his game because I'm with you. The division is tough. Uh, Juan Estrada, I know he's got a win over him already, but I'm not so so sure he's going to get another one. And Rungvisai uh, is a fighter that has his number. I don't think he's going to beat him, even though I, d I did think that he might have squeaked out the win in the first fight. But he was brutally beaten up in the second. I I, I can't see um, him fighting him a third time. No, I mean, uh, Rungvisai, two things with that. I think maybe Roman Gonzalez did underestimate him a little bit. But um, Twice? Yeah, you know, but that, that, that's the thing that I'm sitting there thinking about last night. With his, uh, what I'm getting to is his post-fight comments about... Um, he didn't go into those fights with a game plan. Okay, maybe you didn't go into the first one with a game plan, but you didn't go into the second one with a game plan. And if you did go in there with a game plan, even a slight game plan, Rungvisai shut him down. And if you didn't go in the second fight with a game plan, then shame on you. You know, you lose the first one, and then you're going into the rematch without a game plan. But the point of the matter is, last night, he didn't really have a game plan. You know, last night he went in there, and it was a great performance. You know, again, I'm a huge fan of the kid. But he went in there and he fought like Roman Gonzalez. He didn't do anything different. And he was able to overwhelm Yafi, who's not a puncher. We already established, you know, he's more of a boxer. And, you know, he got that stoppage. But, um, again, it wasn't like um, Roman Gonzalez was from the beginning, like we've seen in the past, just blowing guys away. And even before the wrong V-Sai fight, let's be honest, you know, um, it showed that, you know, he was kind of uh, losing a little bit of uh, uh, steam to him. We've seen that inside his fight with... Um, Carlos Kudras, we've seen, you know, how much he struggled in that fight. So, uh, you know, Roman Gonzalez, you know, there's nothing you can say bad about the kid, um, especially when he was at the top of his game. The sport loved him. Everybody, including Floyd Mayweather Jr., you know, agreed. He was pound for pound the best fighter in the sport. But at that division, Bill, we know longevity is short because the guys fight so much, and all the guys in those lower divisions take a lot of punishment. It's just Roman Gonzalez, 115 pounds, just pushing the envelope a little bit too far, maybe a little bit kind of um, like Mikey Garcia, but except um, at welterweight, except Roman Gonzalez has a little more success because the talent pool isn't quite as big. Um, how about Julio Cesar Martinez. What a fight that was. I mean, I I, I loved it. Uh, there was there's nothing more uh I can uh, say about it. And I had I gotta be honest, Dax, I never heard of Jay Harris, but I want to see more of him too. What was your thoughts of that fight? Yeah, I mean Martinez is an exciting fighter. It wasn't really until um I say maybe well maybe about a year or so ago did um, anybody hear of Julio Cesar Martinez in the United States? And that's when he scored that fifth-round stoppage over Andrew Selby in Mexico. Uh, Selby, like Harris, is from the U.K. And then we had the Charlie Edwards fight, another British fighter. Um, I believe... How, um, I forget how that first fight ended. I think it was like a DQ because of uh, Martinez hit him while down. Then he changed it to a no contest. He faces Christopher Rosales for, and, and uh, gets the belt. And Rosales had lost to Edwards as well. So, you know, Martinez is an exciting fighter. But um, not to sound like a broken record, we're kind of like Roman uh, Gonzalez when I was saying watching it last night. So, you know, this kid, before he goes and he um, unifies or steps up, he's going to have to tighten up his defense a little bit because the other champions in this division, uh, like uh, Dalakian or uh, uh, Mathlane or uh, Tanaka, for example, they're all strong fighters um, who can punch, and you're not going to be able to go in there and overwhelm these guys. You know, I was surprised to see his game plan. 
he is a, a energizer bunny type of a fighter. He comes right at you and just throws all kinds of punches. Uh, his two title shots, the one he won, the other one he got um, uh, disqualified with the no contest, were brutal affairs where he just threw tons and tons of punches and literally beat the snot out of his opponents. Um, this fight, he seemed to just be more patient. And Jay Harris showed that not only does he have a, a good beard, but he was a talented fighter. And he was hurting. I thought he was hurting Martinez. I thought the body shots wore him down. And uh, I thought at the end of the night, I definitely thought the right guy won. I, I you know, I scored at one sixteen, one eleven as well. But um, the truth of the matter is, is I, I, I kind of gained way more respect for Jay Harris, who I had never seen before. And I, and you know, at the end of the night, well, all I'm saying to myself is, God, I want to see both of these guys a lot more than than I have in the past. Oh, absolutely, I agree. I like Jay Harris. Um, and no, I um, I believe I've seen him fight one other time. I think I've seen his fight against um, gosh, who am I trying? I've, I've, yeah, I know I've seen him. Um, I did see the Barnes fight, and I'm trying to. I've seen him one other time. I can't remember who the other guy was, but you know, yeah, he's he's a boxer who who has a great chin. Um, I know he held one of the uh, BBBFC titles or the uh, European titles, um, which you know in this division. In, you know, in this weight class, you know, you need to be really truly rounded. And um, even if you're not a puncher, you need to be able to be durable and to box, which is what Jay Harris, you know, he, you know, he could box. And, you know, he showed he was durable. And uh, Julio Cesar Martinez, maybe because he is talking about moving up soon, maybe this was more or less his style change in trying to box a little more, was um, him knowing or his team knowing that, uh, you know, Harris isn't going to knock you out. He's not a big puncher. So let's go in there and try and work on something for when we step it up to that next level. Yeah, well, I want to see both of them some more. And uh, uh, another fight I just wanted to get your thoughts on was uh, Joseph Parker. Um you know, as we're talking about the heavyweight division and the landscape and the excitement in the division, and Joseph Parker was one of the major players uh, for a while, I just don't see him fitting in anymore. I mean, yes, he did. I, don't get me wrong. He fits in, but not in the top uh, echelon. I think he needs to get a couple other wins under his belt. Like, for example, last night, yes, he stopped Shondell Winters uh, like he should have, but you know, he outweighed the guy almost 50 pounds, and he didn't look spectacular. Yes, he won by a knockout. Yes, the fight was stopped. But Shondell Williams, I mean, he's calling out Chisora. And I do think that that's a good test for him because I don't, you know, really see him beating any of the other top guys. I, a few years ago, we were talking a total different story. I know, I know. Joseph Parker as, you know, the undefeated guy, um, we're saying to ourselves, you know, he's going to be, you know, a major player. But, of course, we were under the assumption that Joseph Parker was going to improve. And Joseph Parker, you know, in terms of um, his abilities, he seemed to, uh, you know, cap out. And Joseph Parker, as well, is kind of um, inconsistent with his performances. You know, one fight he looks great, and another fight, you know, he looks um, less than average. And um, in this division, we already know who the top names are. You mentioned Derek Chisora. What we've never seen Joseph Parker in, we've seen a little bit against Dillian White, but we've never seen Joseph Parker in a drag-out war, and that's what Derek Chisora is all about. And I just really don't know if Joseph Parker is going to be able to stand in there and trade with a Derek Chisora. We've never seen Joseph Parker trade, and Chisora is one of those guys, either you're going out on your back or I'm going out on my back. So I don't really know. I mean, it, on paper, it's a good fight, but I'm not really sure if um, that's a fight that Joseph Parker wins. 
Dillian White seems to be the guy that everybody's avoiding. I don't know if you caught it this morning when we first went on air, but they shook up the uh, uh, current uh, computerized uh, top heavyweights. Anthony Joshua is still at number one, which everybody knows I love AJ, but I, I kind of believe Tyson Fury should be number one. He's moved up to number two. Usyk is number three. Uh, Ruiz is number four. And Deontay Wilder went from number two to number five. And then Dillian White is at number six. Um, I, you know, I, what's your thoughts with the computer still making Anthony Joshua number one? Well, the computer, remember that it only does and only spits out what it's programmed to and how it's programmed to come up with those. So the computer, the way they rank these guys, is supposedly is supposed to be unbiased and it's supposed to be according to that point system. And Anthony Joshua, I guess you can say he um, he has the most points, depending on how you look at it from you know a, um, a you know an unobjective view. So you know the computer, I don't put much stock into it. It used to be. Um, fair but nowadays what we're seeing is whoever the big seller is all of a sudden gets these points you know you get guys that have 15 or 20 fights that are ahead of guys that have like 70 fights and 20 title defenses under them yeah well it's supposed to be based on the level of opposition and their level of opposition Yes, yes, I know, but it's not always like that is my point. It's it's not always like that. You know, you can't have a guy with, let's say, 20 fights, and he's going to have, uh, even if he's a two-division champion and he's had four title defenses and he's beaten three champions, and then all of a sudden you have him above a guy like, um, hypothetically, let's say, like a Sugar Ray Leonard. Why? Because Sugar Ray's not active right now. That's why, you know. it just You see that trend when you check on those computer rankings a lot. But um, I think that Tyson Fury deserves that top spot. Um Simply for the fact that Tyson Fury, you know, with his win over Vladimir Klitschko at the stage of Vladimir Klitschko's career, the two, uh, the draw and the win over Deontay Wilder, um, the uh, the wins over Otto Wallin, uh, the Chisora, um, you know, Steve Cunningham, and so on and so forth. You know, they're all good guys, um, and all at a uh, still at a, a very um, viable level of their career when Tyson Fury beat them, and but. Um, Maybe, you know, because of those titles, as much as you hate to say it and hate to believe it, because of those titles, Anthony Joshua gets put into that spot because before the rematch, Andy Ruiz was in that spot. No, I listen, uh, uh, say no more about garbage in, garbage out with the data because the all-time great pound for pound, the computer spits out Floyd Mayweather over Sugar Ray Robinson, and I think that's enough said. But uh, I got two more questions for you. Um, one is... Speaking of uh, Tyson Fury and, and Deontay Wilder, uh, between last week's post-fight show and this week, uh, a lot has come out um, uh, with Wilder and his you know plethora of, of excuses. But I think the number one, and and, and also uh, his his fan base has totally turned on him. Um, but a couple of things have come out that really social media is jumping all over. And you know me, I'm not a big social media guy, especially not like you, but I have seen this stuff. The first one, obviously, was him making the excuse that the, that his uh, costume uh, shot made his leg shot 
And then uh, it's been, you know, passed around that he was training in, in a 40-pound, 40, 40 to 50-pound weight suit to, to strengthen his legs. So, you know, obviously all that uh, was, was BS. And, and then for him to come out and say that he's a warrior, that he'll be back like all warriors, blah, 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 blah. I mean, the guy is showing that he really doesn't have class. He, he was in a position to turn around and just say Tyson Fury was the better man tonight, and nobody says boo. But instead, every word that comes out of his mouth, they're jumping all over him. What's your thoughts on the plethora of excuses that have come out of Deontay Wilder's mouth uh, in one week's time? Well, they just keep getting better and better. I mean, it's almost become um, like an ongoing show that you watch on TV, you know, a, a series or something, you know, you just turn on the computer to see what he happens to say next. Um, but um, fans and people who don't know the sport, and I'm not talking about um, people that, you know, work for a sanctioned body or anything like that. I'm talking about people that, you know, just watch it on TV sometimes and, and they make a lot of comments. And I'm um, listening last week to uh, this group of guys talking about that costume and Deontay Wilder in the past has come out and said that he trained with a 40-pound vest on, so that costume uh, thing wasn't really a valid excuse. But on the other hand, and I think we touched on it last week, walking through the MGM, me and you know for a fact, having to walk through that MGM grand with equipment to the media room, what a long walk that is. Oh, well, wait a minute. He didn't walk that far. He, uh, when we had to go to that other media room, if he walked that far, okay, I actually, I'll support him for that, you know? He, he did. Matter of fact, there's a point... The restaurant that me, you, and Alex went to for breakfast that one day, when Alex ended up in the room for the whole rest of the day, is one of the restaurants he passes by in his ring walk. So, you know, he went by a long walk. But, you know, there's people sitting there telling me that, oh, well, it, it wasn't really that far. You ever been to the MGM? No, but I know. Well, if you've never been to the MGM, you don't really know how far of a walk it is from that main entrance to the arena. You know, so... And again, it doesn't mean that um, that's a valid excuse. It just means that, you know, Deontay Wilder just keeps coming up with excuses after excuses. And that one, as you know, is just like totally stupid. You know, it's like if you shoot yourself in the foot because you're trying to see if your gun works by pointing it straight down and firing at the ground. You know what? That was a dumb excuse. You did it to yourself. I don't know. Um, I know. You mentioned you're not a social media guy, but um, on my page, I had um, happened to uh, put up a quote that Roy Jones Jr. stated uh, about Deontay Wilder's excuses. And Roy Jones Jr. said, well, I won't go to the ring in my cup if I haven't tried it out beforehand and know that it fits. I won't go to the ring in my in a pair of trunks unless I know those trunks fit. I won't do it in a pair of shoes unless I tried those shoes on before. And in my career, there were times that I went and played basketball the day I defended the title wearing a weighted vest. So if your legs can't handle 40 pounds, then you shouldn't be a professional fighter. Well, you know, he pretty much shut down everything Deontay Wilder had to say. Well, the other thing is Deontay Wilder weighed 231 pounds. It was the heaviest he'd ever weighed. So, um, I, listen... Deontay Wilder had a great um, opportunity to show some class and give Tyson Fury the credit that he deserved, and he did not. He acted just like uh, the perception of the type of person he is. I got to kill somebody in the ring. You know, it's gone. It's gone. You know, Deontay Wilder may never win a fight again when he fights against legit opposition. If they feed him a, uh, an opponent like 
like Joseph Parker got last night, yeah, he'll win. But you give him one of those top five guys, forget about it. He's not beating Dillian White. He's not beating Andy. I, listen, I want to see Andy Ruiz fight him because Andy Ruiz will, will beat the snot out of him just like uh, Tyson Fury did. My, my last question for you is kind of, uh, it's going to be, uh, <clears throat> you're not going to be shocked, but uh, Sergey Kovalev got popped for DWI recently. Um, you know, he's going to be going uh, to court for that. He still hasn't uh, finished his battle for punching some woman in the face. What's going on with Kovalev? I mean, is it is it the alcohol? Is it, uh, I mean, is this guy going to be back in the ring? I mean, what do, what do you think of Sergey Kovalev uh, having trouble like these kinds of issues, DWIs and assault, etc.? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, right after the uh, talk about Deontay Wilder, because, and, and I'm not um, suggesting that Deontay Wilder is going to go down the same path, but um, Sergey Kovalev is a guy who, again, not too long ago was the top of the sport. He was the talk. Um, everybody um, just could not wait for a Sergey Kovalev fight because we were going to get that knockout. But on the other hand, too, Sergey Kovalev, his mind started to believe his own press clippings. And with the losses to Ward, Sergey Kovalev just mentally wasn't able to uh, recover. And he just seems to be that type of guy where his his um, his psyche is just that fragile. He's just not going to be able to recover from it. And I just see him just continuously to go downhill. Now, of course, there's always a chance that these should just be coincidental that, you know, these just keep happening like this. I'm not going to, you know, say either way, but Sergey Kovalev is not going in a good direction, especially because we know he drinks. Um, the problems with a woman, um, not only the one he punched, but he's had the problems with the groping a woman. Um, other than that, I know there's been some other isolated incidents in public where he's had arguments or uh, fights with people. So Sergey Kovalev is not going a good path. Maybe Kovalev should go back to Russia with his family and away from the United States and give himself a little bit of a break. But this Sergey Kovalev, I don't see him, you know, ever going back to the top. I truly believe Sergey Kovalev, after three knockout losses, his mindset is just totally done. And just um, before we go, I just want to, you know, comment on one one last thing about Tyson Fury when I listen to you talk about Fury and AJ. Go ahead. It's Tyson Fury, the best thing was him teaming back up with Kronk. Tyson Fury, now that he's with Kronk and he's incorporated that famous Kronk style for heavyweights that Emmanuel Stewart taught Vladimir Klitschko and he taught Lennox Lewis. Now that Tyson Fury has incorporated that to work on his inside game, learns how to, you know, use his size, smother guys, use his weight, push guys around, and now that he shows when he wants to, he could be the aggressive fighter and seek those knockouts, added on with his boxing ability. I just think Tyson Fury is the most complete fighter, and maybe AJ, um, he may have a better resume. Anthony Joshua may punch harder, but I would see happening to Anthony Joshua exactly what happened to Deontay Wilder. I don't think right now at this point in time that anybody in that division will come close to beating Tyson Fury. And Anthony Joshua will not will not knock Tyson Fury out. If those punches Deontay Wilder landed on Tyson Fury didn't knock him out, Anthony Joshua is not knocking him out. But, Anthony Joshua is a hard thudding puncher. He's not a you know a, a bone shattering knockout puncher like Deontay Wilder. And Tyson Fury isn't going to get caught by Anthony Joshua. Well, when that fight happens, we'll uh, I'll collect another dinner. I got Sal owing me one, and uh, uh, I'll collect one from you too because Wilder wasn't able the smothering style which i i agree with everything you said about 
uh, Tyson Fury prevented Deontay Wilder uh, from from landing any kind of power. He didn't land any power shots, really, on Tyson Fury in the second fight. But that's because he has no boxing ability. AJ does. So, interesting. We'll, we'll, we'll revisit that when it's signed, sealed, and delivered. But uh, uh, respect your point uh, 100%. So, um, Dax, appreciate your uh, insight. And keep up the good work on the website. And we'll look forward to next week, brother. All right. Enjoy your day. All right, man. Take it easy. That's uh, my man Dax Khan, and uh, he uh, disagrees with me on the AJ and Fury. And, and listen, I'm just—I'm I, I, not necessarily saying he's wrong. I—I I just think that the boxing ability of of Anthony uh, uh, Joshua will make uh, a bit of a difference. I got a bunch of emails to read. Uh, I want to read a few before I get Sal on. Um, this is from my man Mitch. Uh, most of these are concerning Deontay Wilder. Um, Tyson Fury fight. This one says, Hey, Billy C., once again, you made a great point, and I'm seeing it online already. Wilder fans are turning on him by the dozens. This was uh, right after our post-fight show. He says, I can't believe some of the Facebook posts and texts and YouTube ideas I've seen. Uh, these guys are calling him a bum, and all the I told you so's from the same people who were Team Bomb Squad for years. If they really were fans and studied him, they would know. Uh, that the way he spells it, capital B, capital Z, and Q instead of S, but I digress. He says, if you were calling him a non-boxing bum who only knows how to brawl, you had to know that before this fight. Come on, people. He says, you rocked him with it, with uh, you rocked with him, and this is his first loss, really his second, but don't turn on him now. Losing that O has brainwashed these fans into believing a fighter sucks. You can thank you-know-who for that. Billy C., you felt sorry for Deontay? I don't. Well, I do because he's not the smartest guy in the world, and now he has to have a new thought process if he ever steps steps back into the ring uh, negotiating with a AJ. But that's it. Jay Diaz, whether right or wrong, threw Mark Breland under the bus after the fight. I agree with you that something will change there. Also, Wilder needs to stop the excuses. In the first fight, he said he was sick, and he had a broken hand, and he didn't throw during camp. Uh, he let it heal for the fight and said he hadn't thrown it in like 14 weeks or some weird length of time. People believed him. Wilder was sick. He had a broken hand. He says, not so fast. Remember, shortly before the fight, he punched that mascot and broke the mascot's jaw. So why would you knock out a mascot with a broken hand shortly before the biggest fight of your life? He says, uh, uh, "Just this guy is just a big dummy. Uh, he says uh, he got an email uh, from someone, and it says, uh, hey, after Wilder's loss, Bruce Vane uh, uh, put out a, a video. Um, he said that uh, Wilder's trainer blames the loss on his walk, uh, his uh, ring walk outfit, which we talked about. He saw the clip of Jay Diaz saying uh, it was okay. At least uh, Wilder wasn't saying anything. Uh, then he uh, put mentioned about the weakened legs of the costume. Uh, then he said he didn't hurt me at all. The simple fact was my uniform was too heavy for me. Uh, he didn't hurt him. He, he was in Dream Street. Uh, he said, I didn't have legs from the beginning of the fight. The third round on, my legs just were shot. Uh, but I'm a warrior, and people know I'm a warrior. It's, it could easily be told that I didn't have legs or anything. A lot of people were telling me it, didn't look, it looked like something was wrong with you. Something was. But when you're in the ring, you have to bluff a lot of stuff. I tried to do my best. I knew I didn't have the legs because of my uniform. 
I was only able to put it on for the first time the night before, but I didn't think it was going to be that heavy. It weighed it weighed forty some odd pounds with the helmet and all the batteries. Uh, I wanted my tribute to be great for Black History Month. I wanted it to be good, uh, and I guess that I put that before anything. Um, according to my man Mitch, he feels that this is the dumbest excuse he's ever heard, and uh, he said, "Really, at least." When AJ took his beating from Ruiz like a man, he said no excuses. Andy was the better man tonight. Uh, and I I agree. I, I think that that's really the path fighters should follow uh, after uh, a loss. Uh, and then a lot of stuff just gets forgotten. Uh, this is from my man Rick. Rick. He says, hey, Billy C., I just finished watching the first Wilder Fury fight and I have to completely disagree with any, disagree with anyone who thinks Fury dominated that fight. I think uh, Rick was also watching a Miami Dolphin game at the same time because Fury did dominate that fight. The only reason why it was close on the cards were uh, simply because of the two knockdowns. But uh, anyway, he says Fury was far too inactive for anyone to suggest otherwise very similar to his fight with Klitschko he spent the majority around sticking his tongue out making faces putting his hand behind his back etc for me that's not enough to take the belt of course Wilder was ineffective for much of that fight also but he was at least the aggressor you know I love when people say that when you're the aggressor it only counts if you throw in punches you can't just be moving forward and expect to win a round anyway he says, I actually gave him rounds one and three in addition to the knockdown rounds, pretty much locking up the draw. Uh, this fight also reminded me of Lewis versus Klitschko, where I initially came away with the perception that Vitaly had dominated, but when I rewatched it, it was more of an even fight with plenty of moments that Vitaly failed to capitalize on because he didn't want to overcommit and leave himself open. I hate to play the race card, Billy C., but I think Fury uh, only gets so many accolades because he's white. If a black fighter spent that much time showboating instead of fighting, he would get destroyed by the media. That being said, I've come around a bit on Fury lead up to this fight. I give him a lot of credit for hanging tough and finishing on his feet. I still think he's overrated. I'll be picking Wilder to catch up with him tonight and finish what he started back in 218. This was the night of the fight. Um, I can't stand the race card, and I can't stand it from either angle. Because lately, uh, you know, I get called a racist because I don't like Floyd Mayweather. I mean, I mean I, you know, it's stupid. You know, uh, using the race card is a dangerous thing. And what I mean by that is it, it, it actually overshadows prejudice. You need to use the race card when it applies. Uh, you can't use it as an excuse. And uh, that's my feeling on it. Anyway, the email he sent right after the fight, he says, Damn, Billy C., I got nothing to say. Fury kicked Wilder's ass. I was surprised, too, because I thought Wilder looked bigger than usual. I don't think I've ever seen Fury land those solid shots and carry in a fight like he did. He didn't waste any time showboating. To be honest, I don't think I've ever seen another heavyweight title fight that I can compare this one to. I hope Wilder can come back. I enjoy his fights, but this was a bad one one-way beating at the hands of a bigger man. I'm glad you admit where you're wrong, and Rick shows that he's got uh, a lot of uh, class to uh, uh, send me the second email after that first one on the same night. Uh, I got uh, this one's from Coach. He says, Billy C., this was a good fight. Fury exposed the new ambling amp. I have a question for you. Where do you think Fury now ranks among all the top heavyweights? all time it's a tough one once you add the level of competition i have fury falling back from where i might have put him uh off the cut cut off following him finishing war i like i wilder I, I i like i said earlier um i believe 
that uh, um, he's up there. Uh, I, I, I believe you have to uh, say that, that he's up there. You know, um, uh, where do I have him ranked? Uh, that's a trick question. I, I don't like to rank anybody uh, until their career is over, and I like to wait five years uh, or so um, so I can put it in perspective. But like I said earlier, if Tyson Fury decides to retire right now, uh, I don't have uh, uh, any problems with him. Um, I think that uh, uh, he would be better off uh, to actually retire at this stage because everybody will remember um, the beatdown of, uh, of Deontay Wilder. Should he continue his career, they may remember when and if he got beat down. I mean, everybody remembers the last fight. And, uh, you know, you have to wait several years before the greatness comes in. And, and Sugar Ray Robinson is a great example. You know, he didn't look all that great in his last fights when he was fighting way beyond uh, his time. Uh, but then enough time went by where people can really uh, put it in perspective of how great a fighter was. And speaking of great, I keep telling you guys about uh, SouthernGourmetSpice.com. Uh, my man Kenny, two new spices uh, they're all-purpose seasoning salt, which is fantabulous. Uh, but my new bestest one is their blackened Cajun seasoning. Get yourself a bottle of each. And don't forget to maintain uh, the original um, Kenny Bear's barbecue rub, which I put on everything, including my favorite pizza, which belongs to the one and only Sal Rocky Senecola, who joins us right now. Good morning, Sal. Good morning, Billy C. How are you, buddy? Oh, I want to put some Kenny Bears on a Sal's Pizza, man, because, uh, you know, they both go together so well. You know what? I think I'm going to order two bottles. <laughs> well, I'm coming down to collect the dinner from you soon. And speaking of which, um, let's talk. I know you got a lot to say. Uh, we, we saw some great fights last night, no doubt, but I know you got a lot to say about the uh, Deontay Wilder, who was your, your dream fighter, uh, losing uh, to um, Tyson Fury. But uh, we already discussed the, the actual fight. But between last week and this week, there's been a lot of talk and excuses coming from the mouth of Deontay Wilder. Talk to me, my man. What's your thoughts? Let me tell you. When I first saw that he was tired from wearing outfit to come into the ring at over 40 pounds i said what the f i mean this guy is just too freaking much for his own good and that doesn't wash with me at all at all number one because if he was training with that every day it would be like training with 40 extra pounds that he should have been able to carry and get used to but you know what all he needed was a three or four pound roll and trunks that's it and cup and uh, he wouldn't have had to reach out for some excuse, lame excuse at that. And you know what? I think Deontay Wilder's good days are all behind him. Yeah. I don't think there's a good fight that somebody could really get for him that uh, is going to validate his coming back. I, I, I don't I don't want to see him get hurt, but I'll tell you what. he uh, He just totally imploded. Or anything I ever thought he was compromised or made out of. 
And I was talking to Brooklyn Mike yesterday, and I was, uh, you know, I was at your expense. <laughs> I was saying, you know, Sal's can't wait to get on the show tomorrow. He's he's really disappointed. And, and Brooklyn Mike said to me, he goes, did Sal really think that he had boxing skill? And I said, no, he didn't. He never said that he had boxing skill, but he thought that his power was going to, uh, you know, overcome his opponents. After putting it in perspective now, Sal, um, yeah, you know, pa- power is a great thing, and it's dangerous, obviously, for for you know the opposition. But you need to possess something else, otherwise, you know, you you get caught up. I mean, you know, the the persona of a fighter, you know, like like a Mike Tyson and a Sonny Liston, you know, the 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 the, the battles were won before the bell started. That started happening with Deontay, but now that he lost. And it was all on display of, of how uh, much talent he lacks. Don't you think that... And, and and last week you said, oh, he's got to go back and start over again and learn how to fight, blah, blah, blah. The realistic part is you can't do that. This guy's 34, 35 years old. This guy's legitimately, and I hate to use the term, but he's been exposed. I don't think there's any correction here, Sal. Billy, I think you're 100% correct on that assumption. And uh, I'll tell you, I think Deontay Wilder's days are behind him. And, and it's a shame because, you know, we love to see all that power. But when you can't execute it and deliver it because you're uh, incapable of doing so, you know, all he needed to do was throw some feints, throw some jabs, and and strike home with the body shot. And he might have had a different outcome. We will never know because he will not be given that chance again. I don't think, but I don't know if there was a rematch clause or what. But uh, well, yeah, he wants to. You know, he he wants to exercise the rematch clause. But the truth of the matter is, what's it going to prove? I, I felt Fury won the first one, and he destroyed him in the second one. So I mean, what? Uh, oh, why do we need to see a third one? I mean, I think Deontay Wilder needs to to beat a, an Andy Ruiz uh, before he gets another shot. He's got to prove. That that he's he's going to be better, but but getting back to the lack of talent, you know, a, a fighter like Tyson Fury who has, you know, the boxing ability and what have you, um, you know, here he was, uh, uh, you know, smothering Deontay, so Deontay Wilder couldn't use his punching power, you know, if Deontay had any skill set, all he had to do was try to spin around and try to create some distance to 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 set up a. Uh, a, 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 a shot that he could get a full extended power shot. He didn't have the wherewithal or the knowledge to do that, Sal. No, he did not. And all he had to do was really put his hands on on uh, Tyson's shoulders, push back, and bam, with a right hand. That's all he had to do, step back, get space, and crack. But he didn't even know that. No, he didn't. And, you know, the other thing is, is that he could have just given Fury credit saying he was the better man. And he didn't do that. How, what do you think about that? I mean, you've been in wars um, at, the, at the end of the at the end of the day. You got to give your opponent credit, right? Oh, yeah. Especially if he beat your ass the way he did. Said I, I underestimated him and uh, he uh, he was the superior fighter tonight. And I was taught a good lesson. That's all he had to say. Give him some props you know yeah for a hell of a fight i know i don't i don't understand i don't understand uh 
I don't understand why he didn't do it because every excuse that came out of his mouth um, makes him look worse. Makes it look worse, and he was burying himself deeper and deeper to crawling out, and he can't. You know, I I mean, after a a devastating loss like that, you give your opponent props, and you kind of reevaluate everything. He blamed... You know, uh, his trainer, Mark Breland, you, you've you given Mark Breland many, many accolades, like myself. We know that he knows what he's talking about. He since, towards the end of the week, changed his mind, so he's not going to fire Breland. I mean, you know, when you're a fighter, to be honest with you, I want guys around me, if I'm fighting, that, that, are gonna, that I know are going to be looking out for me. It's my job to be the guy who goes in there and be the warrior, but it's their job to protect me from myself. Any trainer that doesn't do that shouldn't be a trainer. You know, they're not the ones yeah. taking the shots, you know. And, and Deontay Wilder clearly was, uh, uh, was out. And, and I think Teddy Atlas said that Mark Breland saved this kid because if he would have taken some more shots and more of a beat and gets dropped a couple of more times, whatever, um, the truth of the matter is, is he may not have had an opportunity to fight again. That's right. It's so true, Billy. So very true. And you know what? I, I'd have to say, I don't know if I want to even see him try to get back on the horse because uh, it could be a worse ending the next time out if he's in with any kind of puncher, which I don't think they'd put him in with right now. No, I don't know who they put him with. Well, they're gonna find they're gonna find some sacrificial lamb uh, that they're gonna give him uh, David Price or Huey Fury or or you know a, a guy that they know he can he can take out and then they'll say he's back he's this he's that and all his fans will be saying. But the truth of the matter is, as I look at the heavyweight division right now, the way the computer sees it, Anthony Joshua is still number one, which I disagree with. I think Tyson Fury should be. He's number two. Usyk, which bothers the hell out of me, is at number three. No no disrespect to Usyk, but he's fought one. I'll repeat it. One heavyweight fight. For him to be cemented at number three is BS. Uh, number four is Andy Ruiz. And Deontay Wilder, who was at number two before the fight, drops to number five. Dillian White's number six. You take those top six guys, I'm not sure Deontay Wilder can beat any one of them uh, right now. So you know he's not going to fight one of those guys next unless he somehow uh, talks himself into, um, you know, Tyson Fury giving him the rematch. But I don't think that proves anything, Sal. I I don't think that, that Tyson Fury needs to fight him. I don't think that even if the WBC strips him of the belt, it doesn't matter. Every boxing fan has to have Tyson Fury as the heavyweight champ uh, alongside of Anthony Joshua. I don't think there's any argument there, with or without belts. No, I agree with you 100%. And uh, those may be the two top standing um, champions. And, uh, you know, I, I, I always, I will say this. I would love to see Deontay Wilder fight Anthony Joshua. Just for all sakes being said, I think that uh, that is a mega fight that we missed timing-wise and things. And now it's just going to have to be a, uh, a a fight that we could possibly uh, endure watching and see uh, what it's going to prove to see if if uh, he 
at all has any kind of resources left. Yeah, I it's, think a, it's a good fight. Styles make fights, and uh, I think Deontay Wilder uh, actually has a better chance of catching uh, Anthony Joshua. Uh, than he does any of the other fighters, and and the only reason why I say uh, the any of the other top five I just mentioned, and the only way I say that, the only reason why I say that is Anthony Joshua at times keeps his hands down, um, but the yeah. but the boxing ability of Anthony Joshua uh, far exceeds uh, anyone else in the heavyweight division, with the exception of uh, of Tyson Fury. So uh, it ought to be. I agree uh, with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you get a chance? Did Did you get a chance to watch the fights from last night? No, sir, I did not. Unfortunately, um, we'll have to catch them. How about How about the news that your your other favorite fighter, uh, Sergey Kovalev, got popped for DWI? So now he's going to be going to court for DWI, and uh, also for he still hasn't uh, faced the music for beating up that woman. So, uh, what's your thoughts? Is this guy's career over or what? Yeah, I think he's over. I think his best days are well behind him. And uh, he should have chosen a better path to exit out of the stardom uh, status that he was. And unfortunately, he's not going to get a second chance now unless he pleases his way through the courts. But I doubt he could do that. He's not much of a salesman. Um, my final question for you is... Uh... Anthony Joshua signed, sealed, and delivered uh, uh, against Kubat Pulov, which was his mandatory for the IBF to maintain the IBF belt. I really thought that they were going to kick that fight to the curb and focus on Tyson Fury because Team Fury has indicated that um, they are interested in fighting Anthony Joshua. I, I think, you know, he'll, I've been saying... He'll, he'll kill Joshua. He'll, he'll, he'll hurt Joshua. I know he will. See, now, I think, I think that... Now, don't get me wrong. I... I they're, they're my two top heavyweights. I love them both, um, but yeah, I, I I look at I look at Tyson Fury's success against Deontay Wilder because and Deontay Wilder can punch just as hard, if not harder, than Anthony Joshua. But the difference and and Dax agrees with you. The difference is is that um, Anthony Joshua can box. So so Tyson Fury's not going to be able to do what he did to Deontay Wilder in terms of no. manipulation. And I do think that Anthony Joshua is faster than Wilder, and he can knock you out with one punch. So I, I don't know about that. Uh, when and if that, I might I might stock up another dinner. Uh, I know I'm going to uh, bet Dax, and uh, hopefully I'll collect mine from you, and maybe we'll watch that one together. But um, the truth of the matter is, is, is uh, I'm not so sure. Uh, but but what I'm getting at is, you know, Anthony Joshua uh, could have kicked the mandatory defense against Pulov to the curb and give up the IBF belt. I don't I don't think it means anything to him. And Tyson Fury could have kicked the uh, third fight with Deontay Wilder to the curb and give up the WBC belt, which I don't think means anything. And they could have made the fight between the two of them sometime in June, July, something like that, in England, yep. where, where both fighters could could make easily 100 million U.S. Uh, for that fight. And the winner of that fight, regardless of the belts, would be regarded as the world heavyweight champion. And I think it would have been a powerful statement to the sanctioning bodies because, after all, the sanctioning bodies need the fighters. It's not the other way around, Sal. No. Unfortunately, yeah, the 
sanctioning bodies think it's that, but uh, no, the fighters should speak up and, and say, hey, listen, guys, we're going to fight because we want to fight, and you guys do what you have to do, but, uh, you know, we, we don't really respect you anymore anyway. So, you know, you always placate to the, uh, to the fight demand. So I, I, I just think that uh, you can get a good round robin in the heavyweight division around Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, and, uh, and of course, Anthony Joshua. Well, I, Deontay Wilder is, is, is basically put himself out of the mix. I, he needs, what I think Deontay Wilder needs is a win over a, a Dillian White or an Andy Ruiz Jr. to get him back in a conversation. Any other fighter in the heavyweight division uh, is not going to do it for me. There's just, the, the, the level of opposition when you go to the top six fighters, which currently uh, Anthony Joshua Tyson Fury, Usyk, which I put an asterisk next to, um, Andy Ruiz Jr., Deontay Wilder, and Dillian White. Any of those, a win has to be made for Deontay Wilder to beat any of those guys. Um, any other fighter that he fights, and, and if you even if you go to, to number 50, which currently is uh, Joey Dwojko, or, or number 49, Joey Abel, uh, or the guy who fought last night, Shondell Winters, uh, he was at 48 going into the fight, or even a Lucas Brown or a Brian Jennings. All of those guys don't won't prove that he's anything because the difference in quality between that top six and then the rest of the division is just oodles of talent. And uh, Deontay Wilder, should he not fight Tyson Fury next for whatever reason, the next fight he's going to fight is going against is going to be against some slug, and uh, he's going to knock him out, and everybody's going to say he's back, and that's such a falsehood. Well, that's that's the old Buffalo move, and that's going to happen because that's what that's what he needs—a little confidence to build or fight. And uh, you know, whether it's short-lived or it holds true, we're going to have to see. But he's got to get back on the horse and in the ring probably sooner than later. If that's going to happen. I agree. Sal, appreciate your insight. Watch those fights. I'll talk to you about them uh, during the week, and we'll look forward to you next weekend, brother. All right, my friend. Thank you, brother. And uh, uh, everywhere one in Billy C. World, I really appreciate having the opportunity to mouth off a little bit, and I thank you so much for your time and patience. You're the only guy I know that mouths off, and you're so nice about it. So, I mean, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're you're a class act, my man. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right, buddy. Thanks. Get down here. I will. I will. It's freezing here. I'll be down sooner than you think. I'll talk to you soon. So. All right. Bye. Ciao. Bye. That's my main man, Sal Rocky Senecola, uh, giving us uh, his thoughts. Um, I want to read a couple of more emails, and uh, I got to get. Uh, I'm scheduled to get uh, uh, Emily Harney on on the phone. Um, we have. Uh, uh, this one's from uh, uh, Alex, uh, the other other Alex. Uh, he says, hey, Billy, see, uh, a lot of fans love to down Charles Martin, but he will beat Anthony Joshua and win back the IBF belt. <clears throat> this guy must be sniffing glue. Uh, Charles Martin is trained by Manny Robles currently. Charles is also trained shoulder-to-shoulder uh, -shoulder with Ruiz and Robles before the first Ruiz-Joshua fight. Martin's got power, and I think Robles can train a dedicated fighter to beat AJ. Martin is dedicated. 
Every interview the last couple of months, he's got a singular focus about winning back his IBF belt. I don't know what fans see in AJ after his last two fights. I see no reason why Martin can't beat him. People just dislike Martin because he said, I walk around like a god before his blowout loss to AJ, but very few people uh, analyze his skill. He lost to Kaoznaki. Uh, he came in on short notice and arguably won that fight and at least deserves to be respected for the effort. I don't know why he gets no respect. Uh, he beat uh, Glasgow, who was no bum. Glasgow beat Steve Cunningham and won many world gold medals in the amateurs. Martin won on an injury but was up on all the scorecards when the fight was stopped. I think uh, with Fury winning uh, the other night, we will see the heavyweight picture look like it did in 2004 where you have many different champions of various skill sets with the belts. Back in 2004, he reminds me that Chris Bird, uh, Lehman Brewster, Klitschko, and Ruiz were the champs. He says, I don't see Fury sticking around and being the king of the division like Klitschko did. When the fragmentation happens, uh, get ready to see some more unsavory names like Martin being the heavyweight champ. It's just my two cents. Well, Alex, you know I love you and you're, uh, uh, I love your insight, but you're... Uh, you gotta, you gotta get off to sniffing the glue, man. Because uh, Charles Martin, no disrespect to him, and and I do respect any fighter that gives uh, his one hundred percent dedication and all to the to the sport. Um, he doesn't have the skill set. I totally disagree. He's slow. He's got power, but not that much power. He, you know, he, he that would be a good fight. Maybe Charles Martin against Deontay Wilder. Maybe, um, but Charles Martin uh, would not beat AJ. Uh, ever, ever will beat AJ. AJ's a good fighter. You know, the people that knock on him, I don't understand. He does have a weak chin, I think. And he does, his defense should uh, be tightened up a bit. But aside from that, he's a solid fighter. There's no question about it. You know, and I, I just, I, I'm, I'm not so sure uh, where uh, uh, all of that uh, uh, negativity goes. I, I, I really... I really don't uh, get it, to be honest with you. Uh, but uh, in, in any event, uh, we will see uh, uh, what happens with uh, Charles Martin. Uh, but uh, right now, um, we got, you know, a, a fight from last night, which was uh, uh, very exciting. And, uh, I, you know, I, well, joining me right now is boxing's uh, best photographer and the most beautiful Emily Harney good morning Emily good morning how you doing I'm doing I'm doing well thank you I have an email that I've been holding that was actually uh directed to you but before I read it I wanted to get your thoughts on the fights from last night first and foremost uh Mikey Garcia uh beating uh, uh Jesse Vargas I, I was scoring that fight and and the first four rounds I I gave uh, to Vargas, and I was saying to myself, uh-oh, Mikey might have bit off more he could chew. He just looked smaller, and Vargas looked so good. And then the fifth-round knockdown uh, that Garcia laid on Vargas just changed the fight. What was your thoughts on the fight and the result? Yeah, no, I mean, that was really a big changing factor in the fight. Um, I thought that Vargas was really kind of, you know, holding his own there for a while, and... Um, I wasn't so sure how this was going to go just in general, but um, there was such a changing point, and that's a, a really important thing for fighters to, to capitalize on when you knock somebody down and not back off in a way that you want the fight to keep going. 
you want to be able to capitalize on it so that you are the dominating factor. And Garcia was able to do that. Um, and if if he hadn't capitalized on it, you know, I think Vargas would have been able to maybe stay in the mix a little bit more. But um, he was just able to really turn the tables there. And that's important as a fighter at this level. Um, it's important as a fighter to recognize when those opportunities kind of put themselves in front of you. Um, but I didn't think it was a difference in the scoring per se, because, you know, I, I did read something where he said that was a, a difference in, you know, the, the scoring. And I, I don't think it was a close fight in, in that sense. I think it was a difference in terms of the way the tides changed and how the power shifted more than anything else. You know, it's funny because I ended up scoring that fight um, just like two of the three judges, 116-111. And the way I had it, was the first four rounds I gave to mm -hmm. Jesse Vargas. But then from round five on, including that knockdown, every one of those rounds, in my opinion, went to Mikey Garcia. Garcia, You know, yeah. so, I mean, he took over the fight, uh, no question. How does he fare in the welterweight division? He didn't fare well against Errol Spence Jr., uh, <laughs> but it might have been uh, a little too soon. Do you think he's... He's built himself to a situation where, you know, physically, where he's he could be a uh, a competitive welterweight. Um, well, if he was going to fight somebody like Earl Spence again, um, I, I think he's going to think, you know, obviously about the the first go around. But if there was ever a time to fight somebody like Earl Spence, I think if if the rematch was offered as Earl's comeback fight, you'd be smart to take it because of everything that Earl's been through, where his focus has been at, where, you know, everything he's been through. Um, it's an opportunity for, for Garcia for sure to kind of get back in the mix there. I'd rather see that fight than see somebody like Manny. Um, I get that the, the Pacquiao name is a big name for him, and, you know, that's being tossed around, and it's been tossed around for a while. And Who doesn't want to have somebody like Manny Pacquiao on their resume? But I think the more exciting, more interesting, more fan-worthy fight is a rematch with Spence. Well, I think that they mentioned Manny because they're all waiting for Manny to <laughs> age uh, in the ring. And I think the co-main event last night was a similar situation. You know, yeah. uh, Chocolate Tito came in that fight and uh, Khalid Yafi, Yafi, I'm sorry, um, was a guy that actually abandoned what, what he does best. He, he just felt that he was going to be able to uh, you know, knock out a battle-worn uh, Roman Gonzalez, and it didn't work out. What was okay. your thoughts of Gonzalez's uh, performance, and should he continue? I, I kind of have this feeling that, you know, he should go out on top right now and, and stop because, you know, the rest of the fighters in that division are, are pretty tough, in, including uh, Estrada, who he had already beaten. I'm not so sure he beats him now. Yeah, I mean, Yafai was, I, I, I'm, somebody posted last night, I love Yafai, and that was the way I was, I'm sorry, I love Ch Chocolito, and that's the way I was feeling, too. I watched Yafai fight up here in, in Boston, and um, he, he's a slick fighter, he's a good fighter, he's a little bit of a dirty fighter, steps on a lot of toes, um, and I was, I was kind of pleased to see the way things went down last night, but... I think you're right. I think if he's, if Chocolito kind of continues to move forward with the guys that are in the, the top seeds right now, he's going to see a lot of problems. But at the same point, he seems like he's in a place where he needs to get it out of his system. And so I think he, I think we no doubt see, you know, the next step for him. And I'm sure the money's going to be there for the next big fight. Hopefully, you know, it goes in his favor. But 
um, it's going to be dangerous no matter what, you know, as he moves forward, because those guys that are in those top seeds are, are uh, younger. They're in a, a position that I think they have um, more to, to give. But last night, he, he had a lot to, to prove to himself more than anybody else. And he did that. Um, and so I don't think he's going to hang them up unless he, you know, sees the, the light on that side. I, I think he's going to probably get at least one more fight um, into, you know, feeling like he's satisfied. He's gone, what, a, a year without a fight? And then there was a year before that. And he had been through a whole variety of stuff. So, uh, I mean, nobody knows better than a fighter, you know, when to hang them up. And unfortunately, sometimes it's too late. But I think we see this guy return. See, now that's where I disagree with you, kid. I think that the the last person that knows when to say when is well, the fighter. No, I, I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, the only person in that head that was really in that head is that fighter, that satisfying feeling of like, one more. I know what I did wrong that time. I know I can capitalize okay, on it. I, I, you know? And I get it. It's bad. It isn't No, no, it listen. Listen, <laughs> I, I agree with you, and that was the fight last night. I, I, in other words, like what happens is in any, in any sport, any athlete – you know, they always want that one more shot at a Super Bowl or one more shot at a World Series or, or a world title in boxing. You know, and, and the thing is, you know, they, they, they learn from what the mistake was that might have had them, you know, collapse or, or regress. And they want one more chance. Well, you know, it's not that often in our sport that they get that chance and win. You know, Tyson, right, Fury, right. Tyson Fury just did it. You know, uh, Chocolatito just did it, you know, and and now's the time when you have to say to yourself, okay, do I go out on top? In in Tyson Fury's case, um, you know, if if he retired today, everybody will remember the beating he gave Deontay Wilder for the rest of his life and and beyond, you know, and and unfortunately, I was just even uh, bringing it up about, uh, you know, in my opinion, the greatest fighter of all time, Sugar Ray Robinson. You know, those last fights of his career were terrible. He was getting beat up by, by regular uh, fighters, not even not, not even journeymen, less than journeymen. And, you know, it took years for people to finally put him where he belonged. And, I, you know, that's what I see with a guy like Roman Gonzalez. I mean, he had a, a career-defining night, so to speak, or at least an emphasis on what his career was like. And he walks away as a champion, knocking his opponent out. I mean, that's hard to do, Em. I agree, but I think in in the eyes of where he is and who he fought, he doesn't see that as the top. You know, that there's still somebody else that he can beat that is in a position higher than Yafai. And and so, like, you know, it's it's like, yeah, you got the Super Bowl, but you know that there's still another team out there that, maybe has a little bit of an edge that you haven't faced yet that, you know, like, um, I can do this. Like, let me test it. Let me test the waters. And I just think that Chocolito still has that want in him. Um, is it a good want? No. I mean, like, that's the thing. Like we have to worry about the the longevity of the fighter here and how much punishment they're going to take. But I still think it's something that's within that he might not feel satisfied with. So we do see that next fight. No, I, I, I understand. And, you know, I say to myself, well, you know, when when he lost to uh, Rung Vizai um, twice, uh, everybody was saying he's finished, he's washed up, he's this, he's that, and he, he wins last night. And that should be, in my opinion, and unless the guy needs money or whatever, I mean, that's that's where I thought that, uh, 
that's where my my thought process is coming from. But uh, anyway, Julio Cesar Martinez, what an exciting kid this is! But I got news for you, I fell in love with Jay Harris. I had never seen him fight before, and I, this is the guy I want to see more uh, of. What was your thoughts on that fight? I actually missed that fight. Um, oh God, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. I, I, I mean, got home just in time to see the co-feature, so I haven't gone back and watched what was before that yet. So. I had to take a nap to stay up and watch these, and you're out partying, <laughs> coming home just. I wasn't to, out just, partying. Just, I was out working, man. Yeah, yeah then you just then you just come back to catch that. Come on, man. No, but Julio Caesar Martinez, what what a kid! I, I'm not going to ruin it for you because you you got to watch your fight, but uh, uh, it's a it's a uh, a great fight, that's for sure. I I, I want to see them both. So, all right, I got an email that was sent uh, from uh, Mitch, and it was to you. And he says, uh, Emily, um, I just released my top 10 list of boxing photographers, and I have you at number one ahead of Mary Ann Owen at number two and Amanda okay. Westcott at number three. Boxing's a competitive sport. He wants to know, is boxing photography competitive as well? <laughs> He says, do you look at other, this guy is, he's, he's great. I mean, I talk to Mitch, him a lot. Mitch, he, Mitch, you could do a whole show on each one of us. <laughs> every, every single one of the photographers that shoot boxing on a regular basis have a, uh, a story behind them. I think they all have other lives that people don't know about. Um, it's, it's funny that I hear that because somebody within the last year, I was at a fight in New York and somebody came over to me and they looked at me and they go, oh, you must be new here. <laughs> and I, ki I kind of laughed, and Julie Letterman wasn't far from me, and I think she chuckled too. And um, I'm like, no, I've covered boxing for a long time. <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, have you met? And they, they listed off these other three people. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've, like, I've, I've met them before. And they're like, so did you learn from them? And I'm like, mm. uh, and one of them they mentioned, I'm like, um, actually, I think that person may have still been in middle school when I started shooting boxing. <laughs> and they kind of looked at me and, and then they looked at me with the kind of a side head like, wait, uh, is that possible? I, I, maybe I should ask how old you are right now. <laughs> um, and so this opened up a whole conversation of, you know, um, how long have you covered this? Who else covers this? Are there many women who cover it? Um, you know, and and so thank you, Mitch. I appreciate that um, 100%. I still don't think I'm top dog. I'm still working towards that 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 golden photo to to you know hang over the mantle. But um, yeah, boxing photography and is uh, very competitive and um, it's interesting. You know, I don't I don't let any of the the yuck bother me or the the hoopla sometimes that happens at ringside amongst photographers um bother me i know that i can make an image ringside i know that i can make an image from the top of madison square garden so regardless of where you put me uh, i don't let that bother me but if you if you ever decided to do a little like small documentary on photographers that cover boxing i think people would tune in in a heartbeat well listen you know you know i you in my opinion you're number one he, he goes on to ask do do you actually look at other people's photos from the same fight that you yep. cover and say, okay, they shot a better one on this one than I did. I need to step it up next time. He wants to know. In other words, do you chat it up with other photographers, just like you were just telling us, um, or only worry only worry about doing your job? He wants to know if it's competitive, where you always try to outshine your competition. 
He's curious. He says he doesn't care how you answer. You're still number one in his rankings <laughs> until the second quarter of 2020 when he votes again. So, uh, um, you know, I, but but it's interesting, Emily, because um, I've always thought and and, and I, I'm kind of, you know, his questions kind of got me They're thinking. Great. Well, they They're got great. me thinking uh, about you because. I've always thought that you've you because I know you personally and I know other photographers, too. But I've always thought that you've just been and, and I've seen you at fights many times. And I've always just thought that you go in there and do your thing. I, I personally never thought the way these questions are being asked of you. I never even came it never even came into my mind that you would even think about somebody else's so i mean is he right i mean do you do you worry about that well so i think i think when you don't kind of grow up in a way maybe being around other photographers and other artists that you maybe do worry about other people i spend so much time in college looking at other people's work and and putting my work up there and having it talked about and discussed and not just like the subject matter but the way in which i i compose a photograph that I never really worried about anybody else at a fight or worried about somebody getting a picture that I wanted or anything else because you're making a photograph. You're not just clicking a shutter. So you have to be looking. You have to be paying attention to what's happening. You have to be making photographs. Like I sat next to somebody the other night and they just held their shutter down. And I just wondered, like, what are you actually getting? I kind of felt bad. Like, I wanted to turn to him and be like, so do you even see what's happening in front of you? And I teach people to shoot boxing on a regular basis, too. But um, for me, like, my competition is myself. I never worry about anybody else. And it doesn't matter if I'm shooting boxing. It doesn't matter if I'm shooting horse racing or, or football. Um, I'm there to make work that represents what I see and what I think needs to be out there. Um, I look a lot at other people's work, not just boxing photographers, but sports photographers, portrait photographers. I actually look more at painting than anything else. Um, <clears throat> I spend a lot of time in art museums looking at painting and sculpture and mixed media because that, to me, um, the way in which people compose something is important. But I'm not, I hate to say it, but I'm not a boxing fan. I look at myself more as like a boxing advocate, a representative of the sport and the business um, who makes imagery to get to people who don't normally watch boxing, who don't normally like boxing, who can look at a picture and, and maybe have other questions beyond the fighter um, and beyond the nature of the subject. I like to make art. So that being said, I, I don't ever really necessarily get like um competitive in my nature with the people that are around me it's with myself um and so I, I think that's maybe a difference sometimes with myself and other photographers because I listen to them complain and cry about not being in a spot or about another photographer who got an opportunity to be somewhere and they didn't Come on, come on! I've heard you complain. Oh, they put me up in the bleachers this time. I have Listen. to get my. I had to get my zoom lens. Come on! I, I don't even. Yeah, you know. I, I mean, come on, have, come I have on. Less work when I'm up in the bleachers, yeah. so I'm not. I'm not too mad when I'm up there. Hey, you want? You know, and if I'm, I'm going to be paid by my client the same rate that I'm ringside or I'm up above. It's sometimes a lot easier to be up above because you can go to the back. <laughs> no, I, I, know, I know, I know, I know. But listen, how ironic is this? I get this email uh, ranking you I love it. closely. I love 
he he's got you at number one, slightly ahead of Mary Ann Owen, who he's got cl close on your heels at number two. And Mary Ann's watching the show right now. She was saying that you're the best, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna give Mary Ann a shout out. Uh, she's she's Mary on Ann. she's on the show. Yeah. So so I mean uh, this is this is great stuff, you know. So and and like Mitch is saying, he he does at the end of this month after the first quarter's over, which already is going to be the end of this month. He's going to vote again. So both of you has got a, you know, you're, you're neck and neck at number one and number two. So uh, it's going to be interesting to, uh, uh, to see, but I, I'm, I'm, it's pretty, I'm pretty glad that uh, Listen, my, she tuned my in. ultimate goal forever since I left high school was to have my work hang in an art museum, well, not to be published, not to be, you know, on a billboard, not to be on HBO, not to be on Showtime, but to be in an art museum. Well, if it's any consolation, and I got, I got, I got your work. I have your work hanging in my in my office slash studio. Yeah, I, I, every every okay, Christmas every Christmas <laughs> card I ever got from you that shows you great stuff is on my wall. You know, so I love uh, it. I it's love great it. stuff. But uh, Emily, I appreciate your time, and we we'll look forward to you next weekend. Thank you very much, and thank you to Mitch for all those questions. That was awesome. This is great, right? All right, yeah, man. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. That's Emily Harney, and uh, Mitch gets uh, gets it going. And and uh, you know how ironic uh, Marianne Owen is is uh, watching the show uh, as well. And uh, Mary, if you're listening, um, you know the the YouTube feed is is the actual uh, uh, feed that gets uh, loaded to the television stations. Uh, it's always better than the other one. But uh, anyway, I got a couple of more emails. I just want to wrap up. Uh, this one's from uh, Jesse. says, hey, Billy C., it was a good win for Fury, but there was too much clinching and laying on the weight uh, on Wilder. This is what happens when you don't know how to box and use other alternatives to land your power punch. Fury versus AJ should be next and Wilder versus Charles Martin. Um, what are you talking about? Uh, are you talking about Tyson Fury not knowing how to box? I mean... Um, uh, you know, uh, the truth of the matter is, is the heavyweight division, you could say a lot of stuff, but Tyson Fury arguably is the best boxer in the heavyweight division. Uh, if you're referring to Wilder, okay, the sad part about Wilder was he didn't know. And I actually was feeling sorry for Wilder because he was still trying to land his power shot in this fight, uh, despite him, uh, you know, being beat up. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't quite understand that comment, Jess. Uh, he says, uh, here are my picks. Mikey, unanimous decision over Vargas in a thriller. You were right on with that one. He says, I hope to see Mikey throw more punches to the body, use footwork jabs. Uh, he says, uh, Ramon over Yaffe, unanimous decision. Well, you had the winner right, but he knocked him out. So uh, that was good. And he says uh, on the card, Julio sees a, uh, Martinez TKO nine over Harris in a, a, a which um, you had that winner correct too, uh, but uh, it was an exciting fight uh, that went to distance and and I, I'm I'm a huge fan of uh, Martinez and now uh, of Jay Harris as well and and you also picked Parker uh, in a snooze fest and Parker won by TKO but it wasn't that exciting. He says, uh, Billy, what's your thoughts on Matias's loss over Petros and an entertaining fight? Sad to see there was nobody in the seats watching about Matias is a hot prospect, was a hot prospect, but now maybe a little setback. His trainer expressed how he didn't prepare well for this fight and disappointed. Do you think he underestimated Petros? Yes, I did. He says, thoughts on Fundora? Is he progressing or still the same fighter? I like his style, but I think he needs more work. I think he needs a lot of work.
of work with his defense. Um, he's a come-at-you fighter. And I think because of his size, uh, not only does he need uh, work on his defense, but he needs to develop a jab. This kid's got a height and a reach advantage, and he should be using it. Uh, another one's from Coach. He says, hey, Billy C., how, how you doing? He says, uh, just a shout-out to Twisted Knife concerning our sports increasing trend towards the WWE. Why, any chance do you remember when Freddie Roach was brought in to train Brian Minto against Donnell Holmes in 2009 uh, to give a sense of legitimacy for Minto to fight Chris Ariola? Well, here we go again. This time, George Foreman uh, will... Uh, is trying is has offered to train Deontay Wilder for a Tyson Fury trilogy. George Foreman never was known as a great trainer, so I, I you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think there's anything that can help um, Deontay at this point. Uh, and one last email I want to read. This is from uh, Patty Blue, uh, who is love it. Uh, in our YouTube chat room, she says, uh, Hey, Billy C., uh, I grew up a boxing fan. I fell in love with boxing at a young age. Come on, Patty, I know you're still young. Uh, she says, uh, But between life and working uh, and the lack of boxing on regular TV, I'd lost track of the sport up until a year ago. It's been a thrill now to catch up on the sport and its fighters, uh, though to be honest, I'm st still trying to figure out all the titles and promoters. Uh, LOL. She says, I love your show. I love listening to you and Dax and Alex and Sal and Emily break down the fights and give your thoughts and views. I've learned so much every week. I'm a new fan of the show for the last seven months. Uh, Sunday's highlight uh, are no longer the, the it, just the first cup of coffee. It's the talking boxing show. I also enjoy reading the chats, comments, since I'm playing catch up to the sport. I rarely add comments myself. Yes, you do. Come on, man. We we, we see your comments. So I would love to get a signed copy of your book uh, if you send me the information. I did send her the information, and uh, uh, she also says, I've enjoyed going back and listening to the older shows that you've posted. Uh, let me compliment you on your website. It's very easy to navigate. No passwords to remember. No click links. Just pure boxing talk. It's ex excellent. I appreciate it. And um, just like uh, Love It, uh, that's who her handle is on, on, in our chat room. Uh, you know, you should, anybody that is new to the show, we are in our 16th year. Definitely go back and, and watch or listen to some of the old ones. We, we do have the podcast that's been around, uh, the show we've been doing for 16 years now. And uh, uh, we're, we feel we do a good job. Uh, we our primary goal was to get on the radio, so we're on multiple stations. Uh, you know, uh, thirty-seven to be exact. But uh, uh, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that that was our goal. Uh, we started out uh, doing podcasts, and then we wanted to get on the radio. So we're still have uh, we still obviously have our podcast, and we're on the radio now. We're on TV. The one thing I'm I'm challenging myself with now is our YouTube uh, viewer base. You know, I, I just. You know, I get I read emails a lot and I get into conversations with people that love to show on on YouTube. But for some reason, and, and it's the same version of the show that we upload on YouTube that goes to the television network that we're on. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is, I, you know, we don't have the views that we should have on YouTube compared to some other shows, which I don't pay attention to. But um and I don't understand why. I don't know if it's if it's a different type of fan base or whatever. So if you're watching or listening to the show and you do like it, please spread it around. Uh, the more views we can get on YouTube, the better it is uh, for us. But one thing I highly recommend is that you check out our 24-hour, seven-day-a-week boxing channel. 
uh, Billy C. Boxing. You can find it on Roku and all the other major streaming devices through GinecoUSA.com. Uh, uh, sign up. It's for free. And uh, I would appreciate it. One last thing I want to mention. Uh, Terrence Crawford uh, is scheduled to return to the ring in June. An official announcement should be coming soon. Listen, boys and girls, I appreciate you joining us today. And I appreciate all the input. Keep the emails coming. And uh, all I can say is I look forward to you joining us next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.